On today's Pinche Gringo podcast, well, we've been missing our sports, so we have back on the show Dane Martinez, aka Speeds, the statistician from Sports Grid Network. That's today's show. Pinche Gringo, Mexico is laughing thanks to you. Welcome to the Pinche Gringo podcast. We are live here in beautiful heaven, or <laughs> yeah, I would say Mexico City, right? Floating in the sky. That's it. Uh, we are here live. Uh, welcome everybody who's joining us right now. Thanks for uh, coming along. This is episode number 32 of the Pincher Gringo podcast. We have a great show today. We are going to have uh, live on the show Dane Martinez, who is a, a sportscaster. Uh, he does a lot of great stuff and uh, we're going to have him on the show and uh, we have some fun things to talk about and to do today. Um, we are in week 900 of yeah. the quarantine. Day, day 300,000 of the quarantine. Um, still in one piece, still 35 years old. Uh, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been ups and downs. Ups and downs. Uh, Mexico City has... Uh, it's been a rocky road the last couple of weeks. Uh, we were going down in the number of, uh, deaths and, uh, uh, in the number of deaths. And yesterday we had a spike in the most deaths that we had in one day. It was like 350 deaths. So we're in a critical stage right now, but the government announced, uh, the reopening guidelines starting June 1st and then starting June 15th restaurants, uh, and other fun places will get to open again at uh, 33% capacity. So a little bit more than the 25%, Julian. 33.3. Um, 33.3333%, uh -huh. uh, if we can find some point threeers. Yeah. And, uh, you can do a free sandwich. Get a free sandwich. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So things are a little bit t intense here uh, at the moment, but uh, it seems like Mexico City is still taking this no pasa nada uh, approach, uh, relatively speaking. I know there's a lot of people out there that um, are uh, taking it more seriously than others. But as you, I can see right now in Reforma, traffic is... Picking up. Picking up. Yeah, the past few days, there's been a lot more people out, more cars out. And maybe it's one of those that people are just fed up and tired and just beautiful weather outside, want to get out. But as Dan was mentioning... Deaths are climbing. The new infections are pretty high still. So it's almost like just turning your back to reality, but uh, it's so complicated. I mean, every country is dealing with this reopen the economy. Uh, no, stay inside. And people have different opinions and shit's going down in people's houses. People are losing jobs. Uh, it's uh, not like it was last May. Yeah, but, you know, maybe Mexico is taking the, the right approach, maybe the too serious. I mean, the, the curve, it, we don't know. So it, we don't know yet if like total lockdown, like in Panama, uh, where we heard that uh, in Panama, it's crazy that every uh, woman can go out on Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And the last number of their identification of their federal ID uh, determines what hours of the day they can go. So uh, if you have a nine and you're a woman, you can go out on Monday from two to 4 p.m. and that's it. And then men on Tuesdays and Thursdays and no one is allowed out of their homes for any reason at all on Saturday and Sunday. And this has been going on in Panama since the mid-March. And yes, the number of deaths are lower and we can't debate here on this forum uh, what is the price of a life. And I think not just us, but... There are countries in the world and governments and people, and, and uh, uh, this has been the big debate, is what is the price 
of a life. So do you open and uh, more people will die, but how many more at the expense of the economy, at the expense of jobs, at the expense of people's, you know, normal uh, behavior and their thoughts and, uh, and just getting life on. So in Sweden, there were, have been 3,000 deaths. Um, in their neighboring country, there have been 700. In, in Norway, and I forget in Finland, I think it's... But in Sweden, they decided, don't close anything. Go on with your day. Everything's cool. And uh, so, yeah, there's been 2,000 more deaths, but... Would, Sorry, yeah, the, the philosophy perhaps being that more people will get the antibodies and there'll be less deaths later on, right? Well, the herd mentality, getting the antibodies, keeping the people outside, and keeping only uh, high-risk people indoors. Uh, so there's been a lot more deaths because, as you know, with the coronavirus, you um, you know it's not just about what you do because you become a carrier for somebody else to get infected and die. So if you're not sick, you know you can just. It's not a good philosophy to think that you can just go out into the world and do whatever because if you're with somebody with high risk, then you're putting them at risk as well. That was a really good thing um, on um, on TV last week. Dan Savage, who's a wonderful uh, a political commentator, I guess, or, or a gay social activist, um, had said that in the AIDS epidemic, you know, if you went out and you banged somebody uh, recklessly and then you came back and you got AIDS... Well, that was your choice, your decision. You went out and then you're not going to go home and bang your mom. So like you won't infect anybody else with your decision. But here in the coronavirus, you go home because you went out and you infect somebody at risk, then you're putting them uh, at risk as well. So there's a lot of, lot of different things. And I think here in Mexico City, a lot of people have been asking me, how are things going there? We haven't heard much. Um, we are at, I think now 36,000 deaths. It's getting, uh, I mean, cases, excuse me, there's 8,000 active cases uh, in the entire country of 110 million. So we're doing a lot better than the U.S. is doing, I guess. And, but the hospitals are starting to become overwhelmed. And there was a report in the New York Times uh, last week that said uh, that, um, that, that the government is reporting the numbers incorrectly. Um, and there, uh, we had a big debate about that on, on my Facebook about, you know, what is, what does that mean? Is it true? Is the New York times owned 40% by Carlos Slim? So, you know, is there some, whatever other reporting and uh, there's a lot of different thoughts of reference about what's really happening in the city, but, um, I'll be going to the hospital general in, in an hour and delivering the 150 hot brisk, uh, pinche gringo brisket sandwiches to, um, our heroes. And uh, I think it's an incredible uh, thing that these guys are are continuing and um, and strong, right? So let's 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 take a take a different turn to this discussion right now, Julian. And you're going to be my our test. Um, in Mexico City, uh, beer sales have been prohibited for uh, different jurisdictions. They're called alcaldes here in Mexico City, but in an American translation, it could be boroughs or mini cities in this uh, Mexico City's estate. And they have taken on decisions uh, to n not sell beer at different times, which is crazy because if you can go to one part of the city and buy beer all week long and another part of the city and you can't buy beer at all on the week. But everybody's been thinking about beer. There is a beer shortage because the beer distributors stopped distributing beer about two weeks or, or a month ago. And so now things are running low. So today's show, we're going to be talking about sports 
and how sports has been uh, affected and influenced uh, by uh, the coronavirus. So we're going to bring on the air right now. His name is Dane Martinez, and Dane is uh, the host uh, of uh, many great shows uh, over time. And uh, he's been an amazing friend and a, an amazing caster. You can see him um, all over the internet right now um, on a show. So knowledgeable. Yeah, exactly. Um, he is uh, Speeds, the spitting statistician at Spitting Speeds. He's the host analyst of Sports Grid Network. And whenever I pop into one of my greatest newspapers, uh, I can see him there too. Uh, let's talk now to uh, Dane Martinez. Dane, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. How you feeling? Uh, doing well, Dane. Thanks for joining us. Dane, so there's been a lot of talk lately, of course, as you know, that uh, uh, sports has been suspended, uh, starting with uh, mid-March. I don't know how you're living right now, Dane, because I know that sports is your life. Yeah, I'm barely alive. How are you alive? I can't, I, I can't understand that. But uh, the sports started being canceled um, around St. Patrick's Day. Mm. But you're saying there's still sports going on. That is correct. The, uh, the Taiwan Baseball League. And I'm wondering if you've taken bets on that, Dane, or have watched it. I would love to hear your opinion. And the Korean Baseball League and now UFC. And Marbula, now I know. Marbula E. Marbula E is going on. But, you know, the main American sports like... Baseball, basketball, hockey uh, have been suspended, and now they are talking about coming back soon. Uh, what's going on with that? Can we see sports soon? And uh, uh, what do you think is going to come first? Sure. So, yes, I do think we're going to see sports soon. If soon is mid-June, early July. I think that's when we're going to see kind of the major sports that you're mentioning starting to come back. But there's a lot of things you have to realize first, right? right. They need some kind of training camp or spring training 2.0 or practice time, or else there's obviously going to be a rash of injuries. And also, I think at least here in this country, at least here in this city in New York where I am, I hope you like all the Yankee stuff behind me, Dan. I think the problem is with these sports that go all across the country is the idea that different regions in this country are experiencing this virus in very different ways and on very different timelines and with very different local and state governments. And so those are a lot of different interesting dynamics that have to come into play. And about a month or two ago, everyone was all, we're in this together. We need sports for normalcy. Let's do it. You know, let's bring people back to work. And I think now what we're seeing in certain sports, Major League Baseball specifically, is the devil is in the details. And there's proposals going back and forth between the owners and the players for everything like what will happen if and when someone tests positive to who's going to share the burden of the loss of revenue. And these are things that we continue to talk about as we get into the sports world. But there is the ponies are still running here in America. We do have UFC. Uh, people are setting their alarms early for KBO baseball. And in the gambling world, we still had a ton of action on the NFL draft, which happened late last Absolutely. And it is true that if Major League Baseball returns, it could be a big boost to how people are feeling about life. Because we remember, and Dane, you were in New York uh, uh, during 9-11, which was a very, very difficult time for New Yorkers. And of course, if you are a New Yorker, you remember the day that George Bush came out on the field in Yankee Stadium and the first pitch. And if you are a Mets fan or any fan, you remember when uh, Mike Piazza made a deal with the Braves 
that in the eighth inning when he's down 2-1, he was going to hit a home run and make everybody in the world feel really good about that, right? So, and I do believe that that's it, right? There must have been a, like a secret deal between the Braves and Piazza. It was a great moment for Mets fans to and for the happen, city in right? general. Right, he got pitched a lob ball from the Brave. I think in, for America, for the United States in general. So well, what, what would you think that bringing back sports would have an effect on the American psyche? I think it's very important for this quote unquote normalcy. Right. Fans are hungry for anything up here in America. They're watching all sorts of crazy things. You may remember things like the ESPN, the Ocho from the dodgeball movie. But it's literally those kinds of sports that are on TV. We're seeing replays of classic games. Whereas I, I watched WrestleMania three on like a major network the other day. So it definitely will oh, be man. important. It, it will definitely show some level of coming back. But. Unlike 9-11 or other times where the country is rallying together during war, etc., what we're supposed to be doing here is staying at home. So these games are not going to have fans in them, you know, and that's going to be a completely different layer. We're trying to think about who can benefit from that, who cannot. If you remember, the Houston Astros had a horrible scandal this year and we thought that every road ballpark they were going to go into this year they were going to get heckled by fans they were going to get treated reported by the press but that's not going to happen it's almost like the houston astros are getting off scot-free from for their scandal in major league baseball but it will do things for the so psyche do you believe so you, do you believe wait, wait so wait but you believe that the Astros come back, that no one's going to say anything about them and, and our viewers haven't known this that the houston astros basically fixed uh, their game by by sending signals, by hitting garbage cans and other things to uh, to alert the, the batters of what pitches were coming. And the Houston Astros uh, ended up winning uh, the World Series. So you you don't think they're gonna they're gonna get harassed uh, when baseball comes back? No. And here's why. There's two main reasons. One, the pandemic now hovers over everything. Okay, that's the headline, not the scandal that would have been one of the biggest things in baseball for a long time. That has been, in essence, pushed under the rug and pushed to the back pages, right? The other reason is when these sports come back, whether it's soccer in Mexico, whether it's baseball here in America, there are going to be no fans in the stands, Dan, right? And so what part of this was that the Astros were going to hear the vitriol, the heckling from the fans in the stands, and there's just not going to be anybody in the seats. So I think it's not going to wear on them as much as it would have in a different context. Right. What does this mean for, for corporate money coming into all kinds of different sports? You know, I mean, a lot of franchises depend on sponsorship deals, not just players, but obviously advertisement revenue, TV ratings. I don't think TV ratings is going to be a problem, but um, what is the outlook for, you know, players' salaries? Uh, what is the outlook for teams getting revenue from third-party sources? Yeah, I think that's really interesting, Julie. Um, it's definitely not a problem in the television market, okay? Because this is a place and time where the sports fan is hungry and they're at home and they're going to be watching. Even people who used to be going to games and now can't will be watching at home. We saw this with right. the UFC have, cards. We saw this in the NFL draft. But then in terms of the other business aspects, I think we don't know yet. We don't know how long. We're not going to have fans. We don't know if major leagues are going to be forced to make permanent changes to their sport or to the schedule for next year. We don't know what these things are going to look like. We don't know what the advertising dollars then associated with it are going to be. And in much like a lot of other areas of life right now, we just don't know. 
Right. So right now, the the proposal, Dane, that uh, the players are considering that Major League Baseball uh, allegedly offered them because there hasn't been anything public except for any kind of good good journalism, um, is that there will be an eighty one game season. That there will be regional games, so the American League East will play the American, uh, the National League East, and the National League East, the National League. So there will be regional games. Uh, this is something really exciting for baseball. That crosstown rivalries that we'd have to wait just or have two or three games a year um, are going to be alive and well. So what is this going to do to transform baseball? Because baseball right now has a problem with viewership. It's boring. It's long. And it's just for a traditional guy that gets yeah. passed down. So, can, are super expensive now. Yeah. And so, so what you mentioned with the Astros is this a great lifeline for baseball to see a second coming and a new realignment uh, that becomes more regional? I don't think these realignments in baseball, for example, are going to be permanent by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think this offers an opportunity for them to experiment. In some ways, I don't think, for example, the realignment is going to hold. It will have, you know, additions to a rivalry. Like you said, the Mets will play the Yankees a lot more this year. Other kind of series like the Orioles will play the Phillies a lot more this year based on regionalism. And that's just because trying to minimize travel. One thing, and unfortunately for you, Dan, because I know you're a National League baseball purist. Another thing that's going to happen. Yeah, I know you're going to say it. Don't tell me. Is that the National League will have the DH this year. No. <laughs> Boo. Unfortunately, that is something that is more likely to stick than any kind of geography realignment. And what we're doing on our network is we're starting to try to think about what teams does this benefit? What teams does this hurt? The realignment, for example, teams in the American League East, instead of playing the American League Central and the American League West, are going to see a whole lot more of the NL East. And you and I both know that there are four legitimate playoff contenders in that division. So that makes the strength of schedule for teams like the Toronto Blue Jays, for teams like the Boston Red Sox, harder in this 2020 season. So there's advantages to be had in the futures market. There's advantages to be had in fantasy as well. You said about an 80-game season. Dan, think about it. Uh, Pitchers, young pitchers that may have had innings limits in a different kind of season will now be able to empty the tank. Uh, teams where wow. players were hurt at the beginning of the season are now fully recovered. My new Yankees have James Paxton, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, who all were doubtful for opening day. But if opening day is July 4th, let's go. Take me out to the ballgame. Of course. And the Mets have Cespedes too. And that's Look going to be a huge, a huge thing for everybody, right? Like it's going to be a weird, weird thing. Can we talk about the Jays for a second? Uh, just because as the only <laughs> Canadian the team, as the only Canadian team, always. and if there are different policies in Canada than there are in the United States, does this possibly mean that Toronto Blue Jays just won't be a part of the league? No, it doesn't mean that. I mean, I, I know that, again, still there's so much uncer- uncertainty, but, but if there's travel restrictions on Canadians and the border's closed, what's going to happen with the Blue Jays? Play in Buffalo. Um, no, that's interesting. <laughs> right, it doesn't right. mean that. Could be, right? And we've been talking about this with the Toronto Raptors also in the NBA. Um, but what it does speak to is that collaboration is necessary. 
Okay, the UFC was going to hold a fight in California and Gavin Newsom put it a call to Mickey Mouse and they were like, no, 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 you can't do this. So you have to have the front offices, the players, the local and state governments, the networks, everybody kind of on the same page. And so it raises an interesting question. But ultimately, I think there's too much money at stake and everyone will play nice in this kind of sandbox. But Julian, I love some of the young hitters on the Toronto Blue Jays. It makes me feel old that we're talking about Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, Biggio's kid, Bichette's kid, Gurriel's kid. There's a lot of young talent out there. They're going to score a lot of runs. I don't know if it's going to translate to wins, but they will score some runs. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. But let's move to the other country, Mexico, uh, where we are right now. uh, It's for Canadian listenership. But let's move to the other country, Mexico, where we are Starting June 15th, and that has been declared for the city of Mexico. And I'm wondering and interested to see, I have no information about what the talk has been about the first division that suspended play about halfway through there closing uh, season as, as we know in Mexican soccer you have an opening uh, six months and then a closing six months and uh, we'll be interested to hear about that Dean do you know anything about Mexican soccer or the Mexican soccer league and discussions no I don't know about that I do know there'll be no fans to start but here's what I do know I'm here in New York City okay and one of my teams here in MLS is NYCFC and they were literally in the middle of a CONCACAF Champions League round, I believe against Tigres or Cruz Azul, one of those two teams, and they literally had played the first leg, but haven't played the other side of the home and home right as this pandemic hit in like the second week of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with the Montreal Impact. Yeah, well, Atlanta, all those teams that are in that tournament, uh, cut in the middle of the quarterfinals. Right? Yeah, and I have to tell you that uh, world leaders... Um, governments are really pouring and dying over the fact that the CONCACAF Champions League has been suspended. And uh, I know Merkel and uh, Macron and Boris Johnson have been really talking about the CONCACAF. Yeah. <laughs> 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 An emergency Zoom meeting. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, the, the, I have uh, some friends too that are, like you were saying too, maybe us, us sports fans are a little desperate some friends are like, hey, you want to come watch the, or you want to watch on Zoom the Bundesliga opening game on Saturday morning at 8 a.m.? Like, I don't really care about the Bundesliga, but it might actually be like something I'll do on Saturday morning. I don't know. But it's amazing how some of these, you know, yeah, they're going to get great ratings. They, people are going to divert their attention in other leagues, right? Absolutely. Relatively speaking, when you're the only game in town, you're going to do numbers, right? I think that's where there's been a rush for sports like the UFC to get out there and put some content out there because, you know, the public is sheltered in place at home and hungry. And I said this here in America with the NFL draft. Okay, that was a big time event for the NFL, and it did even bigger ratings than before. There were more people betting on it than ever before. And so, you know, we will turn to almost anything for our entertainment during these times. Dan, I have two more questions for you. And the first one uh, is regarding the series that I think a lot of people here in Mexico are watching uh, because it's uh, available on Netflix. And uh, we all have Netflix here. Um, Is the uh, last dance now uh as a knicks fan um and you can share this with me number one i want to make a comment that it is very painful as a knicks fan to watch this series because these guys when you're when you're 
you know, all of these players that were the bane of your existence in your childhood, as you and I were, were, were growing up during the Bulls. Uh, how have you seen the series? How have you liked it? And tell me your perspective as a Knicks fan as well. Sure. Um, I like it. Again, um, ESPN moved the series from being in June or July to now because they knew that the sports fan was craving something and boom, there goes the ratings for that kind of show. But to experience it, listen, we knew that Jordan dominated and you could hate Jordan and certainly I did, but at the same time, you have to kind of respect it, right? But what I take away as the biggest thing from the docuseries overall is the difference in 90s basketball versus the basketball of today in terms of how physical it was, in terms of how these dudes were not friends, these dudes were not on banana boats together, having vacations at each other's weddings. They had a legitimate um, competitive spirit slash hate for each other. And I think you see that with all of these teams, you know, how the Pistons overtook the Celtics, how the Bulls had to fight to overtake the Pistons. And now to this day, whether it be something about Isaiah or Michael or Michael and Charles, I think the fact that that competitive spirit remains is a little bit different than the camaraderie that we have now. Now, they all obviously believe themselves to be part of the same fraternity. But no, it was something a little bit different. I also think Scottie Pippen comes off pretty bad in this, if you want to know the truth. I mean, the idea of him not coming in for that game with the 1.8 seconds left, the idea of the contract dispute, which he purposely was like, you know what, I'm going to enjoy my summer, have the surgery later. That would be a huge story if a all pro player did that now. And then when you throw on that also the migrant game that he had early in the career, I think there's a lot of reasons that um, Scottie Pippen's narrative takes a little bit of a hit here. I'm okay with Michael Jordan's narrative because he's just showing competitive fire and you need that kind of dog to be one of the greatest. But I think Pippen takes a hit here. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And it's interesting that it, in the absence of the 24 hour news cycle that we have now, how storylines could have you know gotten skewed because imagine the story that uh dennis rodman was in his apartment on a and they didn't tell the details but it's probably was a it was a couple day drug binge or something right then michael jordan had to go yeah <laughs> exactly it's pretty amazing how 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 the media and news has changed the world, right? And, and that's pretty incredible. Dane, uh, let's switch gears. Uh, you are in New York City. And uh, as, you, as our, our viewers know that I am from New York as well. And so it's my hometown. And I've been very uh, preoccupied for you guys because there's been a lot of death, uh, a lot of uh, quarantining, um, a lot of uh, troubles in the hospitals. And uh, it's been, you know, I, I don't know anybody well, I know a couple people in Mexico City, but I know far many more people in New York uh, that has had it or had uh, somebody in their family die of it, uh, especially a parent. Uh, what is Very that situation like for different. you? What's it's happening in New York uh, at like this time? days of a big snowstorm in the city, how there's a crazy muting effect. And that has been the case for two months. I mean, Dan, I haven't been on the subway in two months. And as you know, that's probably really crazy for me. And with the silence of the city for a long time, bro, the only thing you heard was sirens. And it was very eerie. It was very like post-apocalyptic sci-fi eerie. And obviously we give thanks to all our health workers and our essential workers. I'm out there banging the cowbell at seven o'clock like everybody else. But we all know someone who's been touched by this. And I think that 
hopefully we are starting to come on the other side of this curve. I think the one benefit is that in different regions and different pockets, depending on what you believe, depending on what you see as news, you're taking this disease seriously, less seriously, more seriously. I think the one benefit that it has been such an epicenter here in New York is we all know that this is dead real and that it has tremendous impacts. And so we are doing what we need to do to take this seriously, to socially distance, to stay safe, and to try to flatten the curve. And I think that the fact that we will take it seriously continuously is something that hopefully can help us here long term. Absolutely. And that's the credible thing about talking to all of you guys in New York is that uh, it's so real. And there is a very, very basic test done a couple of weeks ago is saying that one out of every four New Yorkers uh, have the antibodies uh, or from New York City have the antibodies. So have gotten it in some form or another passed on to you during delivery services on your door handles. And when it's more real, like it writes it right in front of your face, then you react differently to it. Whereas here and in other places, it doesn't seem so real because there's not really many people around us uh, that have been affected by it. Everyone all that just I know in our house. either knows someone who's had it, has been hospitalized, has unfortunately died, or knows healthcare workers in this city, or is in a situation, has, has kids, you know, in the school system, or... You know, I'm, I live in an apartment building, Dan, you know this. So I have elevators, you know, I have subways in this city. Everyone is, it's just so dense that you can't get away from it. It's not like there's backyards to play in everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you. Well, Dane, stay, stay safe. safe. Thank, Thank you so, so much, much for coming on the show. show. We're going to have Dane on more regularly, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, yeah, season kicks off. And check, check out Dane's stuff, stuff uh, against Speedster and... Uh, uh, and, and, and log on, he, uh, Dane gives me a lot of great advice during, uh, during fantasy football season in order to, uh, you know, I've won two out of the last three years and I would definitely, uh, not publicly or publicly, but the guys that I play with aren't listening to the show right now. Dane has definitely helped me through some tough times in fantasy football. So we salute you, Dane, uh, for, for winning me a lot of money in the last couple of years. <laughs> you too, Dane. Take care, man. All right, Dane Martinez uh, on the show. Uh, what a guy, huh? <laughs> yeah, so many questions I wanted to ask just as like, please, Dane, sports god, have the answer. But no one has the answer. I was going to say, hey, NFL season, are we going to have Baltimore and Kansas kick it off in Kansas City? He's not going to know that. You can just be like, uh, thanks for asking, but uh, keep praying. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I just want to say again, Dane Martinez as speeds, the spitting statistician at spitting speeds. Um, and he's a host and analyst of sports grid network. And when I was reading the New York post sports section last week, like phew, there was Dane's face on there. So he's getting onto, uh, a lot of different, uh, places. I just wanted to make sure that we, we, uh, we shared that. Yeah. And, and I'm excited about sports in Mexico coming back. I think that it would be really good to keep people tempered and, uh, keep people to be able to do this a bit more. If we can sit at home and watch a live game, I understand Dane saying that we had a lot of things to watch before, but there's nothing more exciting than watching something that's happening, uh, right now. And it seems like Mexico city will be opening even though we are in the, 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 the peak time or what they say the peak time but things are not so good but we're still continuing with an opening and that is not just us it's the whole world of thinking all right let's just open and 
see what happens. And there, and I know like as a, as a liberal, and I know there's a lot of liberals, you know, watching like a lot of my friends on Facebook are liberal and would say, well, we all have to stay in until it's over. Uh, but there is a, a damage to that and it's going to be interesting about what the damage is going to be. And we're just going to have to check it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure there's some like trends for liberals and conservatives in terms of who wants to go out and wants to stay in. But I think it's kind of a human thing in the end of a lot of people that are suffering, staying at home, not just, uh, you know, oh, I have to stay in front of a computer screen all day. Um, oh, I lost my job. Also, you know, like abuse at home, um, violence, domestic violence. Now, now you're trapped in the same place. And, and how, how can we keep justifying that, that, you know, stay at home, stay at home, stay at home when there's, really bad things happening in people's lives when they stay at home. You know, there's no easy answer. So I know this debate, we could we probably have like a two week long debate back and forth, have experts, both sides, really, really, really intelligent, well-informed people that depending on their fields will have different opinions and there's no right answer right now. So we just got to keep it, uh, keep it together. Uh, be there for your loved ones, uh, maybe not in person. Um, and, uh, yeah, stay positive as much as we can. Take it day by day. I mean, I, 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 it's funny because we all are in the same position. I'm not speaking on behalf of a perspective of someone who's just super comfortable and dominating this quarantine thing. No, I have my tough times as well. But I think everybody can agree that staying positive is the way to do it. Yeah, all right, we have our three uh, viewers on right now. I don't know if we lost anybody, but Stan, yeah, that's what pinching means. It means... Love. Thanks. So, uh, Julian, let's uh, finish, wrap up here. Can you tell uh, our three viewers and hopefully our podcast listeners now at the end of the week what is happening at the Pinchy Gringo coming up? Well, well, we didn't drop the birthday cake on the way into the warehouse, but uh, we are still have like, as in, we don't have a live celebration for the Pinchy Gringo Barbecue Warehouse's third anniversary. Um, but we will be celebrating in, uh, in a remote kind of way. We have a week-long of uh, series of activities coming on starting as of Monday. Check out the website. You'll see our Facebook uh, as well. In the next few days, you'll see a lot of interesting promotions coming up. We're talking full bottles of mezcal, tequila, uh, a special donut coming up, um, and also drag queen bingo extravaganza. So stay tuned. Um, and there's going to be a whole lot of opportunities to get some interesting products and discounts from from uh, the warehouse. We unfortunately would love to have everybody there high-fiving, hugging, dancing, celebrating, but we'll just have to do it in the June second room, virtual chat rooms or something. But also June 15th, we will have everybody hopefully come back and eat at, at Pinche Gringo starting June 15th. That's really exciting, right? Of everybody. Sure. <laughs> so uh, just uh, also an update on the Barbecue for Heroes campaign. We have sold, uh, uh, donated 250 sandwiches uh, to great cause. And I uh, encourage you all that if you haven't yet, please go online at pgbbq.mx and the Donate Now button. And anywhere anywhere in the world can donate uh, to uh, this cause. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a great cause. There's a Hospital La Raza in the Centro um, we we're donating to. And, uh, and they really need it. There was a report last week that a, a nurse left the hospital and got bleach thrown on her. There were two nurses in Torreon that were uh, killed 
Um, and it was supposedly related to people being uh, very, very scared and a lot of information about the, the virus. And unfortunately, our heroes on the front lines are uh, getting, um, they're, they're getting harassed in different places. And it's really awful to see that. So something we can do in Pinche Gringo, we've donated uh, Pinche Gringo ourselves over 60 sandwiches and uh, the rest have been donated by our customers, our great customers that have been able to uh, make some purchases. So hopefully um, we will uh, we will do more of that. And um, and yeah, so great. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. So thanks for joining us guys today. We're going to have some great shows coming up soon. Uh, tune in to the Pinch of Gringo podcast. I am Dan DeFossi at Pinch of Gringo Dan. I'm Julian Vala at Snappy Jewels. On Instagram. Take care, everybody. Thank you. Take care, guys and girls. Mention the trans, let's study, can